Giants fans, welcome to Big Blue All Year, the podcast that brings you New York football Giants content all year long, while your hosts toe-tap the line between podcast professionals and a bunch of fanatics talking shit at the end of the bar. Tonight's episode of Big Blue All Year is not brought to you by anyone. Insert sponsor here. Don't forget to follow on Twitter at Big Blue All Year and rate and subscribe wherever podcasts are found. Adult content ahead, because you know, we're doing it live! Folks, does Big Blue have their mojo back or what? The Giants are playing like they have what the French like to call, well, I don't know what they like to call it. Let's say they're playing with a certain libido and got the right stuff. And here at Big Blue all year are here for it. Yes, we're in first place. Yes, there's a shot at the playoffs. But more importantly, for the first time in a long time, there is a sense that the Giants are building something. And that we could be in prime position in this division for years to come. And that fact is going to remain regardless of what happens this Sunday against the Seahawks. So I don't want to see anybody freaking out Sunday afternoon. But before we get into that matchup, let's get through some headlines. And for that, we get into a segment that lets my distinguished partner stick on a headline to talk about or kick it to the next one. So... Bigger. Yes, yes, no. Decipher. One billion dollars. It's me, that age-old playground taunt. Are you kicking it, or are you sticking it? First up, Daniel Jones exit Bengals game with a hamstring strain. Oh, you hate to see our starting quarterback go down. I'll kick it and leave it for our uh, athletic training expert, Big Mac. Can I kick it? The G-Men are officially in first place after the Eagles' Monday night football loss to the Seahawks by virtue of the tiebreakers against the Washington football team. Whoop-dee-doo, Basil. We'll be talking about this every single week. Let's kick it. Despite getting the start over Hernandez, per Pro Football Focus, there seems to be a large gap in the grades between Will and Shane Lemieux. Against the Bengals, Hernandez posted an 80.7 pass blocking grade in 11 snaps and a 68.1 in 15 run blocking snaps. Meanwhile, Lemieux was graded at 31 and 47.7 respectfully. All right, I'm going to stick this one. Uh, Pro Football Focus is a good uh, resource. It's a good tool, but I do not think it's the be-all, end-all especially for offensive linemen. There's sometimes there's funky numbers. My eyes are telling me that Shane Lemieux is getting the damn job done at a better rate than those grades right there. Uh, you know, how bad could he have been if he didn't allow any pressures? Just saying that. And I did mention this to uh, a former giant on Twitter, Mr. Lawrence Steins. And uh, he liked the tweet, so we got a little uh, – that's, like I said, big blue all year on Twitter, folks. Back to you, Matt. No, he stuck the landing. Snap counts from the Bengals game show that the Giants are eager to get young players involved while also being patient with those coming back from injuries. Xavier McKinney played five snaps on defense, Carter Coughlin, 19, Tay Crowder, 13, and Cam Brown, 10. 
All right, the burger's going to stick this one. Let me say this. The injury bug is piling up on the defensive front right now, and this is a great opportunity for these young guns to go out there and make a name for themselves and improve why the Giants chose them in those late rounds of the 2020 draft. We saw Nico Lalos in his first career game and possibly his first career snap make an incredible athletic interception for a key turnover last week. Cam Brown with a game-saving tackle on a punt return last week. Like, if Cam doesn't make that tackle at the 50 against Alex Eckerson, like, he's going to the house, and this is a completely different podcast this week, folks. Let's just say that. And then these rookies are injecting energy into the Giants right now, and the veterans are feeding and thriving off it. Quite frankly, I'm fucking jacked up about it. Gelman's guys are getting a chance to play key snaps and making the best out of it right now. Let's keep learning. Let's keep grinding. Let's fucking go Giants, baby. No, he stuck the landing. After a dominating performance on Monday night with 177 yards receiving on 10 receptions, DK Metcalf now has more receiving yards and touchdowns in his second season than Julio Jones, Megatron, and T.O. had in their respective sophomore years. All right. Let's pump the brakes a little bit. I'm going to kick it, but I will say DK Metcalf has the best quarterback out of all those guys throwing to him. Megatron, his first two years, had fucking John Kittner throwing to him. Let's remember that. And I'll kick it from there. That does it for this week's headlines. And now a word from our non-sponsors. As they were kind enough to release audio from the Seahawks executive meeting, tonight's episode of Big Blue All Year is not brought to you by Starbucks. Coach Carroll, as the legitimate face of your evil football franchise, I seized upon the opportunity to invest in a small Seattle-based coffee company a few decades ago. Today, Starbucks is a far-flung empire with 2,000 outlets worldwide, offering premier affordable coffee. Delish. Oh, good. Number two. I did enjoy that decaf you gave me after the embarrassing Eagles Monday night football game. If I may continue... I believe if we shift our resources away from winning the division and focus on the Super Bowl, we can increase our popularity around league fivefold. Right. Perhaps you have me confused with someone who gives a shit. Might I remind you that I run the show here? I demand a little respect. Coach Carroll, I thank you. Silence! I will not tolerate your insolence. We will stick to our typical plan of division domination with no hope of getting back to the Super Bowl. And that is final! And that does it for Big Blue All Year's Week 13 non-sponsor, Starbucks. We're definitely evil. And now, back to the show. How the tables have turned, Mr. Wilson. Or is it... A trap bringing back Admiral Akbar this episode, boys. It's a trap. Literally, the tables have flipped. The Giants were worried that we might be lulled into a false sense of confidence against the Bengals, but lo and behold, we're flying out west to face the eight and three division leading Seattle Seahawks, fresh off a trouncing of the lowly and pathetic Eagles. And mind you, anybody who didn't watch that game, that score is closer than it actually was. I believe they scored on like a Hail Mary at the end of the game or some shit. Who cares? Uh, but that said, 
are we are the Giants looking to come in town for the upset? Is is this a classic trap game for the Hawks? Dare I think I it get is. Excited, boys. I must say, like Ooh. it has all the makings of it. Uh, you got a team that's playing some great winning football, but has had uh, some road bumps. Some I feel like they played down to who they're playing to, and. The Giants play up to who they're playing. I don't know, man. I mean, if Daniel Jones was in, I would be like, we got a great chance of pulling the upset, but Colt McCoy, it's a smaller chance, but I do think it's still possible. Disciple, before you get any further away from that comment, I'm just going to let you know, in a week where the Giants almost lost the Bengals on a punt return and only won by two points, you just made the claim that the Giants play up to their competition. Just going to leave well, that. All there right. All right. Well, they play to whoever they're playing, though. But <laughs> the facts. All right. Hold on. All right. All right. I know that sounds fucking ridiculous. But the fact is the Giants have become a top 10 defense since they played their number nine in uh yards allowed and number 10 in points allowed. Now you look at a guy like Russell Wilson, that offensive line, man, I'm telling you is like the weakest link on this team, which just so happens to be going up against the strongest link on our team, the defensive line. I'm not sure how the pass rush is going to do, but their tackles aren't like crazy good. So like I'm thinking, dude, what I like what I've seen from Cam Brown and Carter Coughlin and Fackrell's hurt. I mean, we're, we're down to the fourth and fifth guy. The Giants, just for to throw this out there, are now down every single outside linebacker they started the season with. Golden traded, Fackrell on IR, Zimenez on IR, and Lorenzo Carter on IR. Just putting that out there as well. Well, honestly, like, I said, like I've said in the past, I'm glad we fucking drafted this small armada of linebackers. True. Like, I mean, you know, yeah, it's something that, that. <laughs> this insurance is paying off. Right it now. really is. It really is. But like, I don't know. I mean, the Giants won three in a row. I mean, yes, they have to go west, but I would expect a good game plan out of Judge and out of Patrick Graham, man. I feel like they're going to make it to limit the impact of especially DK Metcalf, but whoever's going to be going up against Tyler Lockett is probably a bigger matchup because I trust James Bradbury versus DK Metcalf. See what he's done versus guys like Julio Jones, Michael Thomas, Mike Evans in his division last year. Looked pretty damn good. This year, he's like the number one in all these PFF things, and I know it kind of uh, goes against what I said about PFF, but I want to clarify the PFF shit I was talking about and kicking a stick it is more about offensive linemen and blocking. Positions like cornerback, I trust their numbers a little bit more. I'm not trying to be hyper, uh, hypocritical in nature, but like, I, it's going to depend on Yadam or whoever the hell else is on Lockett because Lockett would probably be a wide receiver one on most other teams if they didn't have this DK Metcalf, especially the Giants. I don't think anybody's. Uh, Talking about that. 82.5 grade, by the way, Bradbury for the season thus far, according to Pro Football Focus, 82.5. Disciple, would you say that if McCoy wins this game, would it be the biggest upset in Giants history non-Super Bowl? Uh, it probably would, and I, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to laugh 
I don't think it's going to happen, but like, I'm, I think it can. I think there's like a small percentage that it really can. I think this defense, like, dude, I don't, did you see the Eagles? Didn't they hold the Seahawks to like no points in the first quarter? No, I, I think they were. Right. I think they were up ten nothing. No, no, I thought it was in the first. It the was slow. It was slow, and that's to start. I'm telling you, man. Oh, I, I can confirm that right now. It was zero to zero. It was fourteen to six at halftime. Zero to zero uh, at the end of the first quarter. So you have Seattle having the 29th ranked defense in yards, 26th in points, but they have gotten better as of late. They did get uh, Carlos Dunlap, who's been solid. And then healthy Jamal Adams. And you know that guy fucking hates the Giants. And you know he's he's bound to have a couple good plays against the Giants. He took Daniel Jones lunch last, yeah, last year. That was so fucking embarrassing. <laughs> I was I'm sick, but I wanna I'm gonna leave uh I said most of what I want to say. Uh, what I will end it with is A, the better team doesn't always win. We've seen that plenty of times. And I'm gonna ask you a question. So whoever wants to answer, be my guest. Is the best possible version of Colt McCoy a better quarterback than anything Carson Wentz has done in the last month? Shit. What is the drop-off between the ceiling of Colt McCoy and the floor of Carson Wentz? How far off is it? Wow. Because uh, Carson Wentz is playing like a fucking garbage man. Out there. No offense that. to sanitary workers. Thank you for uh, society would collapse without you guys. But I'm just saying that it's like they got him from fucking invincible. He's his talent has been stolen from uh, what's it called? Like Space Jam. The Monstars. Yes. It's it's like, dude, how did this guy go from MVP caliber three years ago to like the worst quarterback in the league by far? It's well, it's honestly it's crazy. It's night and day what has happened to Carson Wentz. Well, I'm, hey, I'm I'm not complaining about it, but but let's let's focus on the Colt McCoy aspect. I'll I'll start this, Mac. Um, and also let's not also forget that they are uh, working out Alex Tanny and was it Joe or Josh Webb? I think Joe Webb. Joe Webb. Yeah. So yeah, we can't sleep on those uh, you know candidates for Colt McCoy. But I think Colt's ceiling is you know he's got to stay in his lane. Just like um, DJ was doing, don't force anything like, you know, turnovers, anything like, you know, down the field. Get the ground and pound going. He needs play action, and I think the Giants have a very good chance of keeping it close. <laughs> so, uh, but, sorry, not to cut you off, Berger, but just to no. answer your disciples' questions first, and then I'll, then I'll turn it back over to you. Um, a, a little bit of context. I don't want to spend too much time talking about the Eagles and Wentz, nor am I defending him. You're, you're, you see what you see on the field, but let's just put this in context. Carson Wentz has the most drop passes in the NFL with 29. Um, also, you look at that game, like we were just saying, it was a manageable game, even through the first half. They had seven rushes. The coaching staff of the Eagles is doing that team zero, zero justice. They had seven rushes the whole well, game. I Now, I will say this, though. They have no offensive line, and the Seattle rushing defense is, like, top five. I think they're actually better than the Giants. Well, so that – which leads me to my next point. I appreciate you. Gotcha. The Col- so the, the answer to your question, though, is this season – in the context of the teams they're playing for, I would take Colt McCoy on his best day over what we have seen from Carson Wentz over the last couple of weeks. Because to the, now 
The issue there, though, is what Colt McCoy needs to happen to be successful is the is the absolute opposite of Antithesis. what yes of the matchup that the Giants are walking into because while the Seahawks defense has been pretty putrid from a yards and points given up uh, throughout the year. Uh, the last couple of weeks have been a big difference for them. And as you mentioned, I think it's actually the third rated rush defense in the league. And for Colt McCoy to be successful, we need to be in manageable downs. You saw when he got in a rhythm, other than almost throwing that terrible interception, like the second pass <laughs> of the game, he, he is capable of throwing the ball. And if you're keeping it in third and three, third and five, we're picking up chunk yardage in first and second down. That is possible. But let me throw a couple things out to you. Carlos Dunlap, though, while he has been everything the Seahawks have wanted, he did have an MRI on his foot and is listed as questionable. He's had four mm. sacks in four games and the Seahawks have had 22 sacks in the last five compared to nine in the first six. So they're going to be coming after Colt and he is not going to be running away from them. So we have to have a competent rushing attack and Jason Garrett's going to have to get real creative as he has been. If the giants are going to be a, an efficient or even competitive offense on Sunday. Well, in, in my opinion, the giants cannot, cannot, cannot afford to beat themselves. No stupid penalties. No bullshit turnovers, you know. Yeah, you can't you can't be having that if you want any shot in this game. And you need to keep Russell Wilson the fuck off the field. Eat up the clock. Get mm, Gallman yeah. going. Gallman is the X factor in this game. I agree with you, disciple. But we're also just talking about Colt McCoy for God's sakes. Like the guy's a career backup for fuck's but sakes. Like he's a veteran, uh, man. He's been at it for twelve years. He's not gonna fumble the snap. Dangers, my middle name. Turn over the ball that much. I, I found some. So he's seven and twenty-one in twenty-eight career starts, and uh, over the forty games. How he's are played, the teams had, around him though? Come oh, on. He played on the Browns. He played on the Niners, and he played on the fucking Redskins. Like Is, yeah, this like, might be the best assembly of talent he's ever played as a backup. Dude, he's got a sixty-point seven completion percentage. Great. I mean, dude, he's nine touchdowns, twenty-seven picks. Like he, he's not a slouch. He knows like, what you know he is. He's like, yo, yeah. I don't want to see Daniel Jones get hurt, but if he does, like, I have to be ready. And he wasn't expecting to play last too. week. He hasn't he played in a year. He wasn't expecting to play last week. He comes in, he throws that bad pass. He's like, shit, I gotta, I gotta brush up a little bit. But I think this week they're really gonna work with him. He's gotten first team reps. You know, who knows? that This is a huge test for the coaching staff. If they can pull this off, if Joe Judge pulls this off, he beats his second Super Bowl winning head coach in the, his rookie season, that'd be something to say because the Seahawks are head and shoulders a better team than the Giants. Everybody knows that. Okay, let me, let me pose two questions to you. So factors for the Giants winning. We got to hold Russell Wilson in check. Fact. And like you said, Wayne Gallman's got to have another stellar game. Am I wrong? Or else we have no chance in this game. Be it Wayne Gallman or the uh, the rushing attack as a whole, but yes, I I agree with you. Disciple? No, of course. I I think they're gonna get some. They might get back to. You might see Evan Ingram or Sterling on some rushes. If we are able to watch a Cole McCoy managed game where we are just like you said, we're running the ball, 
you know, we have like sustaining drives. Yeah, eat, like we have to win time of possession too. I think that's going to be a very underrated factor. And they and, have like, to score the touchdowns. They have to score touchdowns when they get to the end of the field. No oh. bullshit field goal. Is too high octane for us to just hit field goals every time. I agree, because you know they're going to come after us. Like but Tyler Lock and TK Metcalf and David Moore is pretty good too. Like Chris Carson's back healthy. He scored a twenty yard touchdown, I think, against the Eagles on Monday, and he fucking ripped through three tackles. And I was like, he's back. Like their their offense is fucking good. Fifth in yards per game, fourth in points, and it's balanced. They're fifth in passing yards and twelfth in rushing yards. There is. There is no pleasing them. There is no weak spot with this with this team. Oh, and Carson's great out of the backfield catching. Like he's a deadly receiver back there. I think he does most of his damage catching the ball too. So like that's gonna be a test for Blake or um Tay Crowder this week too. So there's gonna be this defense is gonna have their money's worth. Or like they're gonna have to like play up to like, you know, the snuff that they have been lately. So what what are you guys thinking? I mean, we we've been talking about this as it's a funeral uh, march for <laughs> Daniel Jones, as if he's definitely not playing. So be it a hobbled Daniel Jones or a Colt McCoy, what do we think the Giants' chances are this Sunday? Are, are is it a definite uh, ex stay of ex is a stay of execution or is is it a trap? Like what's this has this has the potential to be like a really weird game, and honestly. It could uh, – there's probably not a crazy chance of this happening, but what if it's like a 15 to 12 field goal duel in the rain in Seattle? I mean, you tell me that right now, that that's the end score of the game. I, I Are say you predicting the rain? It's a pull that one out. I yeah, mean, are, the chances of it raining in Seattle on any given day are pretty fucking good. Okay, so, that's yes, point. I'll take my chances. <laughs> I did not check the forecast. <laughs> yeah, I was like, wait, Tamlin with the weather. I love lamp. <laughs> oh God. I, 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 I think this could go very badly because Seattle's really good at home. Yeah, and but there's no I, fans. And we are taking I, the West coast trip. Do they, are they, do they allow fans? The shaman can no, get us there later, but definitely not. No way. Yeah. What do you, what do you guys, those guys uh, working. No, no, you chance. guys work attendance there. You know what do you uh? No, people in. Yeah, dude, come on, Washington State. It's not Florida, Never... bro. <laughs> no, I was I was at a Bucks game two weeks ago. What do I? Yeah, do? you were. <laughs> yeah, there's no football stadium on the West Florida, Coast man. with open uh, stadiums right now, dude. Come on. Uh, yeah, you never know. Everything keeps changing on the fly. You know. All right. All right, so I, I, I'll, I'm gonna I'm gonna play the disciple role and be a flip flopper. I'm gonna give you a reason why the Giants can win and a reason why the Giants are going to lose. Despite the statistics in yardage, the Seattle defense has impact players. We're talking Bobby Wagner was ranked as the 13th player in the NFL, not not. On, on defense, just the 13th overall player in the NFL, currently with an 87.1 PFF rating. Jamal Adams, the 27th rated player in the NFL with a 63.9 PFF rating. But did you see him on Monday screaming off the edge for a sack? The Giants have been susceptible to edge blitzes from the secondary. Uh, I don't have the stats in front of anybody, but anybody who's watching the game knows it. That curl guy against the Washington team almost ended the game. Daniel Jones held on to the ball. 
Colt is not going to be running away from those things. So we need to figure out ways to slow down that pass rush or the Giants don't have any chance. We're going to look like Brandon Allen looked like against us versus the Seahawks. Now, a reason for optimism, the defense is playing phenomenally. And yeah, okay, they they did what they needed to do to beat the Eagles, but the Eagles are not a good football team by virtue of the fact that the Giants should have beat them twice. Russell Wilson, although he's amazing and a future Hall of Famer and it's having a good year for the most part, he had 230 yards passing. 177 of that went to DK Metcalf. If James Bradbury is who we think he is, he is who we thought they were, and we shut down DK Metcalf, this is going to be a slugfest. And to your guys' point, win the turnover battle, win the uh, time of possession battle, the Giants are going to be in this game with a chance to win at the end of the fourth quarter. I would also like to make one point. The New York Giants have not defeated the Seattle Seahawks since the blowout at CenturyLink Field, November 7, 2010. If you guys remember that game, it was like 41 to 7. Amazing I would, game. I'd signed up for that on Sunday. I don't think that's – I mean, Eli had a career game that game, but I, I just wanted to say we have not beaten this team in 10 years. Oh, Eli. No, no time like the present. Well, uh, <laughs> Disciple, you are on a roll with providing yeah. me some excellent segues. Do you guys want to have some fun? Should we have some fun? Yeah! Yes, I think we should. Or cereal. <laughs> <laughs> it's a trap! Well, let's roll into what the F would that look like, guys? And that is our weekly segment where we posit a hypothetical and discuss what the F the world would look like if that were to come true. With Daniel Jones potentially missing time with a hamstring injury and the division up for grabs, what the fuck would it look like if Eli Manning himself were to be signed to start this week against Seattle? Hey, do you guys mind if I start? Go for gonna, it, baby. I was going to jump in. Uh, shag now or shag later, baby. I was going to be like, <laughs> where's my hand lotion? So I'll rub it out to that thought. Sex? Yes, please. <laughs> Dude, Eli even... Danger Manning. <laughs> Do I make you horny, baby? Get some you Eli back that's a thought there? bubble Ooh. in his head when Eli used to throw interceptions deep down the field. Like, I too like to live dangerously. <laughs> I suggest you take this sack, sir. <laughs> I think I'll stay. <laughs> It would look great. It would be a hell of a story if he just came off the couch with like, there's no shot. But it would like look so cool. Like in the ball so downfield, cool. praying that we catch it. It would be so cool, but there's just no way. We like love you, him, Like just get absolutely pummeled every time and just get up nah, on base and just like, yeah. No, nah, he would be getting up like he did the other. Remember there was like, last year so when that, he like died. That slow mo face of him where he's just like. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> it's on his face in the beach when he looks like a no, 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 no. When he's he just got sacked and two of his offensive linemen are helping it's him the, up. You're and, talking about the Eagles game. I think it was they called it Black Monday or something like that. I know exactly what you're talking about. His face was just so like flustered. I'm like, oh god. Why did it, I sign up for one? It was more like year it was close up, and it was like a prime time game too, if I remember correctly. I think it was a Thursday night football game actually. 
Yeah, this was years think? ago. I know exa- it's exactly. I think it was the same game that uh, Victor Cruz tore his patellar tendon. Was but it that long ago? No. Yeah, no. It's 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 Shaman is yeah, holding the picture. The showing the camera. That's, that's exactly what it is. But you don't say one. that. I would. Oh my! I would. I would cry joy, tears of happiness to see that man walk out of the football. Now, for for his health, for his family, for his legacy, I don't want this to happen. That's insane. It's the worst idea ever. The man can't run. He's going to get destroyed back there. But dear no play God, option we, reads. What are you talking oh, about? We can we can read option all day. Oh, it would It'd be, be so beautiful to see him. I love you, Eli. Eli, I know you're listening. I know you're a big fan. We love <laughs> you, and my future son loves you, Kevin. Oh, Eli, <laughs> hey, look, Eli's here. <laughs> uh, oh God, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Um, that said, I, I am interested though, you know, we're, we're talking about Eli coming in. We've been talking about Colt, you know, I, I will see what big Mac has to say about it, but Daniel Jones, if he can play, do you guys even want him to No, nah. like, no, save him for Cleveland and Arizona. If he's like, if he's less than 80%, don't even try, don't even try because it, it what it'll do is if he's out there limping and whatever the fuck he's doing. It makes the Giants' offense so much more one-dimensional. I like how they have a name to their who's going to play quarterback. Now, actually, and I just got a news update now. Breaking news: uh, Cole McCoy was not the only uh, uh, quarterback on the Giants taking first-team reps today at practice. They just left it ambiguous like that, though. No, yeah, Clayton Clayton it- Thorson was uh, also Clayton Bigsby. <laughs> oh God, no. How much time you got? Sorry. How much time you got, brother? Um, <laughs> to to your point though about Daniel Jones uh, being hobbled and being one dimensional, the if and he's I, hurt, I'm, I'm interested to see if they increase this statistic, knowing that old man Colt is going to be back there. But the Seahawks right now are number nine in the league. It blitz rate, they blitz 33.1% of the time. So we're talking a third of their defensive snaps. They're coming after you with more than four guys. And you uh, know that Jamal, Jamal Adams is coming in hot. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Uh, and I mean, you know, they, they have some decent players throughout this defense. I mean, you look across the defensive line, Puna Ford, Jaron Reed, Benson Mayowa are, are their defensive line. If Dunlap is uh, healthy, they're all capable players that have been around the league for a little while. KJ Wright uh, could be a guy you see blitz. And Shaquille Gritham, their cornerback, um, the, uh, I, I think you'll see him come off the edge as well, but yeah, to your point, it's, it's Jamal Adams is who we got to be worried about there. Absolutely. And then Bobby Wagner stuff in the middle of the defense. Oh God. He's Their linebacking core is a problem, but yeah, I'll digress. Yeah. Um, the, well, okay. So that was fun, but the reality is, for the love of God, Eli, do not answer the phone. If uh, disciple, give me a little Dave Gettleman. Uh, he's uh, ring, ring. Eli, I heard you were. Uh, you got some free time these days. <laughs> we got a, we got an opening at quarterback. We'd love to have you back in East Rutherford. 
click, hang the phone up, Eli. We love you. Your record is 500, or is it winning? Did he win that? La- he's he's he not- won against Miami. So I he- think that might have evened it out, though. It evened it out. We are you are not ruining your even record for what could be a massacre on Sunday. Um, stay at home, although I love to dream. Um, but we were uh, already digressing into the matchup, so let's just naturally move right into four down territory. And when you know the game is on the line and you're going for it, four down territory is your top four matchups that will decide the game. All right, Burgers taking first down, and it's the Giants' surging rushing attack versus Seattle's third-ranked run defense. And, you know, the Giants, another 142 yards last week. Wayne Train ripped off 94 of those with another touchdown. You know, the, they're moving right now. But, you know, they're going to the Giants' line is going to have a tough test with this pesky Seahawks linebackers like we were mentioning. You got Bobby Wagner, K.J. Wright. Jordan Brooks is a first-rounder this year. Um, they're fast, and they fucking hit hard. Uh, they held Miles Sanders and Boston Scott to 22 yards last week. Um, most of the Eagles' damage on the run came from Carson Wentz with 42 yards. So, hopefully the Giants' run uh, won't be sleepless in Seattle come Sunday. See what I did there? <laughs> oh, zinger. Shabby, give me like a... <laughs> Bazinga. <laughs> All right, Max got second down, and I'm going with the Giants' coaching staff versus expectations and injuries. So, look... For the first time all year, the Giants' narrative is changing. This is a first-year coach. All we've heard about is COVID and him being tough and Mark Colombo getting fired and people might be wham with fuck that shit. For the first time, the Giants are division leaders, and that changes things. Now, you got to love what you hear out of guys like Logan Ryan, who's like, who cares? We're, Joe Judge is preaching, want to know. But this is a very young team playing – a game for the first time where people are starting to talk positively about them. Can they manage this difference of expectations? And then the obvious one is the injury. Daniel Jones, love him, hate him, think he's the future or not. He's the engine that drives this offense. And he has literally saved games and our rushing attack with his legs. So even if he's out on the field, he's not going to be a hundred percent. And Jason Garrett is going to have his work cut out for him scheming around either their offense running with Colt McCoy or a hurt Daniel Jones. It's going to be interesting. All right. With third down, the burger is doing James Bradbury versus DK Metcalf. So per pro, pro football focus, James Bradbury has an 85.2 single coverage grade. That is first in the NFL. And he has 15 forced incompletions, also number one in the NFL, versus DK Metcalf. Now, DK Metcalf versus Megatron through the first 27 games is concerning Giants fans. DK has 116 receptions on 190 targets, 1,930 yards, and 16 touchdowns. Megatron has 101 catches, 1,720 yards, and 12 touchdowns. So he is statistically better than possibly one of the best receivers we've ever seen in our lifetime. So Giants fans, James Bradbury, good luck on Sunday because he might be Megatron 2.0. Take us away, Disciple. All right. So it's Disciples time for fourth down. I'm going to go Russell Wilson versus Russell Wilson. And what I mean by that is, are you going to get the MVP Russell Wilson that was playing the first five weeks or the Russell Wilson that has a crazy uh, pressure turnover rate on third down, especially? 
His third Who down. does Russell Wilson work for? Oh. That's right, buddy. You show that turn who's uh, lost. We digress. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but you know he gets he he has like listen he's got moments where he's he looks like the best quarterback in the game, but he's also somewhat turnover prone. And this is what I'm gonna say: he's got five fumbles in the last five games. Three were lost, and he's tied for fifth in the league in interceptions. I like our defensive backs versus him. If if we're getting some decent pressure, man. We'll see what happens, but that is going to – which Russell Wilson will show up? The one that's going to blow out the Giants and has the absolute ability to, 41-7? to seven? Or doesn't have a great game and the Giants keep it way closer than anybody, especially Las Vegas things with the 10-point spread. So, time will tell, boys. All right, that does it for four-down territory. And let's roll right into huge predictions. And that is our weekly segment where we get to offer our huge predictions for the upcoming Giants game. And huge predictions is not brought to you by Facilla Automotive. But as you all know, we are working on it. Please hit us up on Big Blue all year if you know anybody at the Facilla Automotive Group. All right. The burgers. Huge prediction. Dude, the Giants are going to hold Russell to under 250 passing yards, boys. You know, I'm just feeling it down in my plums, deep down in my plums. But yeah, All right, fuck them. Well, I'm going second. My huge prediction will be that James Bradbury will make DK Metcalf a non-factor, having four or less receptions for under 50 yards and no TDs. Next huge. huge prediction is the Giants offensive line continues its ascension when they need it most and goes for a second game in a row without letting up a sack. Wow. 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 Yeah, baby. Yeah. We put the girl in Giants, baby. <laughs> Frisky, are we? <laughs> I know the Giants' offensive line firewaiting team is ready. <laughs> I'm rich and I'm dead sexy. Oh, we're just really laying it out now. Get them all out. If you haven't figured it out by now, folks, we are possessed by the spirits that reside at 1925 Giants Drive. But hey, even they make mistakes. So let's exercise tonight's demons with the shaman. Disciple is correct. There are no fans in the stands in Seattle. Eli's record stands at 117-117. I also feel like I have to add this. Post-recording, Daniel Jones has shown some positive recovery, and there is a chance that he might play this upcoming Sunday. Here's a brief clip from our medical expert on Daniel Jones. Now, earlier, as I mentioned, we talked about Golden Tate, and I think the quote was, they're going to need a magic wand to get this guy back on the field in a shorter timeline due to his hamstring injury. Why could that be different for the quarterback position? 
Well, any athlete that requires sprinting, a wide receiver, a tight end, a running back, or a running quarterback is going to be very limited by a hamstring injury. There's no way that uh, Daniel Jones is going to be reading, uh, doing read options and sprinting out of the pocket or sprinting away from a defender who's chasing him. So that's the biggest concern. If he just drops back, moves right and left like a George Blanda, right? He might be able to come back and play sooner than the typical three to six week period. So we could see him out there navigating the pocket, but don't expect to see Damon Jones taking off with burst and explosion down the field for a 40 yard run. Well, the point would be if he did take off, he would probably fall fat on his face again. Which isn't necessarily indicative of the hamstring injury, as we all know, based on the Eagles game, but I digress. So uh, speaking about MRIs, the, Daniel Jones went for one right after the game and the Giants reported that, quote, Jones avoided serious injury. So based on Big Mac, what you saw with your own eyes during the game, the mechanism of injury and this report, what would be your inference on the degree of that injury? A first degree strain in that I would be checking him at the five and seven days afterwards to see what his capabilities were. Test him without stressing him too much to determine if he is even capable of returning. We'll be using compression shorts with them. They'll be using ultrasound, massage, uh, compression pants. They'll do everything they can to try to get him ready. And they should have a pretty good idea by Friday or Saturday he's going to be ready to participate or if it's too much of a risk. So speaking about that risk, especially for maybe perhaps not a running quarterback, but as you mentioned, a hybrid QB, how significant is the risk of re-injury should he play before he's 100%, be that this Sunday against the Seahawks or the following week? If he played in the next two weeks, I think it's 50-50 that he re-injures himself. And There's no way you can ad lib when somebody's rushing you. There's nobody you can ad lib when you have to opening up the middle of the game, uh, middle of the line, and you have to run for a first down. So let me posit a hypothetical to you then. So I, what I am hearing from you, Big Mac, is that even if he plays and decidedly there are no design runs, he has it in his head that he's not going to take off down the field. What you're saying is that based on instinct. I make a sudden move to get away from a rusher, even if it's within the pocket, that a movement like that could be enough for him to re-injure the hamstring. Sure, exactly. Hamstrings are reactive muscles that as you extend your leg out, they tighten up. As you pull it back, they shorten. So any quick lateral change of direction, step forward or step back, he could re-injure it. So interestingly enough, it does seem like they were doing some, some of that testing today. So per Giants reporter Dan Duggan, he had actually tweeted a, a video from a long distance away from that practice today saying, quote, Daniel Jones moving pretty well today, probably working at 75% through a few dozen passes under the watchful eye of Joe Judge and three members of the medical staff. So three parts for you coming out of that from Dan Duggan. A, do you put any stock in a journalist's assessment from a few hundred yards away that DJ is at, quote unquote, 75 percent? What does that mean? Well, the journalist is just trying to do his job, but you really a situation like that that is not game like is you really can't tell what level he is at, what stress he is under. So uh, I'm going to say it's hard to put a number how much hard, how, how hard he was working. 
whether it's 50%, 75, 25. All right, all you dreamers and creamers. Let's end tonight with the fact that the Seahawks just simply aren't aware. The Giants are young. They're aggressive. They're improving. New York. Football. Giants. Dad, I love that. For Burger, the Disciple, and the Shaman, I'm Mac. We're Big Blue all year. Good night. Shall we shag now or shag later? <laughs>